And we're back again. Another Whitmer Quick podcast. Uh, unfortunately, we did miss uh, Monday for underachievers. Jeff was away in Arizona uh, scouting some, scouting uh, the Arizona Coyotes, obviously. Yep, obviously and, that. And I'm trying to help find them at a new arena. So, yeah. And he was looking for St. Goss's Bear. I actually did think about that for a second. I, 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 I kid you not. I was just like, um, because because the airport I flew into, uh, we had to fly directly to Phoenix and then drive to Tucson. I was like, just imagine what are the odds? I would just randomly bump into Ghost, and I was hoping it would be the day I was heading back to Philly because I had my uh, Oscar uh, Strong shirt on. So I was like, I'm low key hoping he's just somehow randomly in this airport right. spots and goes, "Hey, look, some guy, some cool guys got a an Oscar Strong shirt. I should say hi." That didn't happen. <laughs> didn't it? No, no. no. But I'm then we had uh, we had some technical difficulties Monday. Uh, of course, somebody, he did. somebody, not naming names, but somebody may have lost internet connection for about forty minutes or so, and unfortunately, we're not really able to get a podcast going. So, not naming names, but just leave it at that. I I, I shouldn't yeah. speculate. Yeah, uh, and also we're going to be off next week because it's the fourth. So honestly, I someone mentioned that to me earlier today when I was working. I literally kept forgetting that it's almost July. Uh, it's July first. There you go. I said the recording of this on June thirtieth. Yeah, um, that makes me even more sad now because tomorrow should be free agency. But no, your frenzy. If this was a regular off season, we'd be talking about any potential signings and stuff. Do you? Know what's also nice about that. On Fridays now, like so, like every other Friday, I'm gonna have off. Um, but then the Fridays I do work, though, I'm only working like eight to twelve, so it kind of works out. But now it doesn't even matter because who the frick knows on when free agency is, right? So anyway, probably August. Moving forward, there. It's so far away, though. I know. I hate it. Anyway, so moving forward, though, first and foremost, uh, congratulations believe, to the yes. Stanley Cup champions, the team who I don't think we ever would have thought would have finally gotten to this well, point. Well, everyone in the league pretty much had it since game one. I was hoping it didn't happen because I was, I didn't want it to happen because I didn't want it to be because in every sport, every once in a while, there's, and maybe it's just because of football and Tom Brady or yeah. something like that, where like the best team that year wins that team's championship. The thing I love about the NHL is that's not always the case. Like it's not game right. day, day one, game one. You're like, when do you give your early prediction of who you think is going to win the cup mm. and everything? It's always going to be either Tampa or uh, Colorado. Yeah. Tampa has earned it at this point just because they won two straight. Exactly. Um, and they can still pull up Blackhawks and win three out of six. Yeah. And then something Kings like, like two and four or something exactly. stupid like that. So it's it's that's not like there were it's not because everyone's kept mentioning about them being kind of like a dynasty or something like that. Tampa, uh, yeah, Tampa being a dynasty and chasing that. And if if they got this third one, if the, if they would have cemented it, but I feel like everyone kind of forgets about not really forgets because it wasn't that long ago. But even though it wasn't three years in a row, in a short period of time, the Blackhawks did win three cups. Yeah, and again, well, two, six well, years. Sorry, sorry, I'm wrong. Two cups. I don't know what happened in 2010. But... Oh, sorry. Okay, so I mean, two and six. Sorry, sorry. That, I'm sorry, that that's cup should be revoked. Sorry. So really, 
they don't they shouldn't have any championships in the six years is what you're saying that pretty much yes so the kings so the, were supposed the to cups, win the cup the lightning should have another cup yes yep and um the fire should boston have a cup. and boston technically so anyway, um, but yeah, so spoiler alert in case you have been under a rock um, or in this case under an avalanche. <laughs> I'm funny. <laughs> the Colorado Avalanche had, are your 2022 Stanley Cup champions. Uh, they defeated the Tampa Bay Lightning in six games. Honestly, I'm happy with that because they the Lightning forced it to game six. I'm good with that. I hate sweeps, especially when it comes to the conference finals and especially the Stanley Cup final. And then I... Don't really love it when it only goes to five. If I, I get it though, if, if your team, if you even make it a cup final, that's an, an incredible accomplishment. If you're able to only make it to five, but then lose nine times out of 10, again, you, you just have literally nothing left in the tank. You probably just stole a game kind of thing. But the fact that you have a push to set six, I'm happy. I'm going to be, you know, I'm sorry, I'm going to be completely yeah. honest here, and it may revoke my hockey fandom. I watched maybe like five minutes of the entire series. I can. I don't it. blame you for that. It, it to me, honestly, it was a rather entertaining series. The only game that sucks was game two, and as a, a t- well, it was a seven nothing. So it was a seven nothing game. It was a football, you know, it was football a score, uh, yeah. football score. So it is what it is. Um, I, I I'm not gonna and lie. The fact that they, this is, it's not even the series or that I wasn't e- yeah. excited to see these two teams battle it out. Yeah. Essentially, it's just and we talked about it too shortly after the Cup final and everything. Is that it, for me? It's it's just too late in the year for hockey. I, I just couldn't long. I couldn't get into it. I, I, I honestly fair. was going and only because the Phillies were doing well in June. I was going to Phillies games instead of hockey. I and mean, after, and after Drew got eliminated, I pretty much you stopped caring. Pretty much, yeah. And, and I think that's completely fair because, again, so there are certain players. Again, G's our guy. There's no doubt about it. Once he got out with the Florida Panthers, my level of excitement absolutely went down. Yeah. Huge reason why I kept watching is because I wanted to witness with my own eyes that the New York Rangers would not go to the Stanley Cup final and potentially win the Stanley Cup. So once they were out, I, I said, okay, I'm good with whoever wins now at this point. Because it was either Tampa know. Bay for the three-peat, the first since the 80s. Uh, mm-hmm. It would have been um, the Edmonton Oilers haven't won since, uh, I think, the yeah, 80s. <laughs> and then plus Tom McDavid has gotten his first cup. And then, of course, uh, the Colorado Avalanche, uh, who they had not won in about 20 years so and Nathan Kane's fresh cup as well so there's a lot of great you know possibilities out of this cup final though um the one I'm happiest that didn't happen was Rangers getting into the final that was amazing I love that so did I I also honestly wanted Tampa to win because of Brian Elliott from being completely honest here yeah uh, I and, wanted hey, him to win. and Pierre Edward Belmore I cared more about Elliott than Belmore oh no I, 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 honest I, I love Moose too and, and that's completely fair. I, I will say, I, I, I think do Belmar would still have. have I think any team chasing it is going to want Belmar just because of what he can provide. So I think he's he was actually on chances. the Avalanche last year, which is kind of fun fact. So yeah, he exactly. So I think he's just he may be like a Pat Maroon type of guy now, and, and that's just totally top, fair. Top, the team to team, just who's going to be in it. 
Uh, and and, I, and unfortunately, one. his uh, cup run also ended. Yeah. But hey, gotta you know help give him credit though. Uh, you know his team did get to the cup, and to even get to the uh, semifinal final, it is by far yeah. one of the and hardest I think, things you could ever. I think Stamko said it best after the game, which is they're not done yet. It's no, not even yeah. close. So uh, real quick for Tampa Bay, um, they are actually, it was announced earlier today, Elliot Freeman mentioned, they are looking to work with Ryan McDonough, their longtime defenseman. They acquired in a huge trade, uh, I think that was seven years ago now, um, to move Ryan McDonough. And he's got four years left, about five or 6.5 Mill AAV, so still a pretty hefty contract and everything um, overall. So I would say if you're a team looking for uh, a veteran um, defenseman, he could be your guy. Uh, that that trade happened in 2018. In 2018? Yeah. I knew the St. Louis trade happened in like 2014. Yeah, that may be the one they're thinking of, but the trade itself was Ryan McDonough and JT Miller. For, yeah, the fact uh, that they added Miller in there was crazy. Yeah, Vladislav Lemestikov, Brett Howden, yep. Liber Hayek, a 2018 first round pick, which ended up being Nals uh, Lundvisk. Sorry, I, I just. He was Lundquist. Yeah. Lundquist. Yeah. I completely butchered your name. I'm sorry. A 2019 second round pick, which ended up being Carl Herricks, Henriksen, a conditional second round pick. Uh, I may have just said that. Uh, the conditional was if Tampa won the cup in 2017-18 or 18-19. And Tampa did not win the cup, so they got the second round pick. That's how they got the yes. second round pick. So, And also, um, if you also uh, go back this far, and if you can remember, he was that was actually his first trade because Ryan McDonough was originally a member of the Montreal Canadiens. Yes. And that was a huge trade itself. If you are interested in finding out um, who uh, Ryan McDonough was traded for in the first place, go to uh, Sportsnet's Steve Dangle's Trade Trees. Highly recommend them. Um, extremely entertaining. I watch them quite often, and I cannot wait for more Trade Trees. Uh, a fun fact, they, they do actually have one on the Jeff Carter Trade Tree and how the Columbus Blue Jackets lost twice in uh, trading in, in acquiring Jeff Carter and trading Jeff Carter. So that's another fun one. Uh, of course, we're not here to talk about that. Uh, moving forward, uh, uh-huh. NHL craziness is coming up. Uh, last or uh, sometime yesterday, if not uh, last e- uh, last night in the evening, Kevin Fiala. Uh, it was a long time actually has been rumored for now he was going to be on the move. And it happened. And honestly, it was funny because I was texting you yesterday and I thought the fact that they're even talking about a trade is like, well, when can that happen? Because for whatever reason, I'm thinking that a trade cannot happen until obviously until after the Stanley Cup final is over, but until like the next stage in the offseason of the NHL draft. Because usually that's when most well, trades happen. Right before it. Right before. It, right, exactly. But if, for whatever reason, to me, I was. But you thinking, already had a couple of trades before that, anyways. You had. But, the, but again, I kept forgetting about that. Uh, yeah, you the, had the, the Shea Weber always, trade, and then that—that's that, right. Another one I kept forgetting about. Again, slipped my mind. Anyway, uh, so I answered my own question. But the LA Kings are the ones who came in and traded 
Yeah. For Kevin Fiala, they acquired him, and in return, they gave up a 2022 first-round pick and the rights to prospect defenseman Brock Faber. Uh, and then it was shortly announced uh, earlier uh, today that uh, LA and Fiala agreed to a seven-year extension with an AAV of 7.875 mil. He's coming off his career best season, which he scored 33 goals and 85 points in 82 games. Uh, in six playoff games against St. Louis, he had three assists. Um, during their uh, playoff um, appearance. Now, I would say um, for this particular move, I was honestly shocked because it felt like Fiala just got here, but I was wrong. He's been there for already four years when Nashville traded him to Minnesota in the first place. Uh, I know you're a fan of Kevin Fiala. I'm a huge fan of his game. What I'm now, I don't know if you really know much about Brock Faber. I can bring up a little bit more about him in just a bit. Uh, what are your thoughts on the trade overall, like your first reaction? One, clearly since LA just made the playoffs, that LA is done trying to be that rebuilding team. They actually want to make some small moves to go to the next level, obviously. Uh, and Kevin Fiala is a good one. Obviously last off season, if not that, Trade deadline uh, beforehand, they got a uh, what's his face from Nashville, uh, Victor Arvidsson. Um, yeah, and, and honestly, I really think that, um, yeah, that Arvidsson and Fiala are gonna do a lot together. Uh, they, they did some great work in uh, Nashville, and I expect them more in LA and again, depending on if they play on Seam Lion. But again, just having that familiarity with each other, I'm sure that they will. Uh, I am excited for uh, Kevin Fiala. I think he's going to go to a honestly, what should be a good team now in the Los Angeles Kings. So I have a lot of high expectations for the now. I think isn't great, so they're probably going to be a playoff team, if we're being completely honest. And, and this is true, too. Um, did did you agree with the Kings giving up a first round pick? That's what uh, I was. That was what I was about to get uh, get to. Was that I certainly said yes because it was a first round pick, um, which that's that I guess is what they were asking for for him was a first round pick or somewhere along those lines in a prospect. Uh, but everything that came out or people's thinking rumors or whatever, yeah, always was like a couple of picks and a prospect or pick and a couple of prospects, stuff like that. But I feel like it wasn't that much. And when you see that there's not much cap going back it, to me, um, obviously Minnesota didn't see him being a big fit or going forward. And I assume also, cause they didn't take a lot of cap back and I assume dude, the, what's his face. Sorry. I forgot your name already. Uh, Brock know, Faber. Yeah, uh, isn't going to cost them too much. I assume they want to get that much cap to uh, make another move, sign someone, trade mm-hmm. uh, during the off season. I would um, imagine that... they have two first round picks now. Yes, uh, one's in the middle, one's overall... near the ends, but yep. you also have two first, two seconds. So you can actually do twenty fourth overall. You can do a lot with this move. You can make those picks, or you can move either one of those first or second round picks to get someone or get right. something. So I Here's, think that's, that's where it will be key for Minnesota. Uh, now it's just a matter of what they can get in return. Cause at this point they need, if they want to go farther in the playoffs, they need to make a, a another move. They need to keep building onto the team. Uh, Cause that, and obviously it sucked that they had to go up against the blues, but 
And don't worry, I haven't forgotten. I saw you your jersey. jersey. My jersey is getting a little lonely back here. I'm sorry. I'll I'll get on it. Don't worry. It won't take a year, year and a half, I promise. It'll it'll take half of that. Oh, good. (laughs) Improvement. And then when I lose again next year, you'll have it in even less time. Yeah. Depression. Um, (laughs) Yes. But when you think of teams that can compete in the West, the three teams you may think of off the top of your head or four, uh, obviously be Colorado, Vegas, just now, one, Colorado Vegas St. Louis, and Minnesota. Yeah. At least in terms of playoff teams, I can maybe go far just on paper. Uh, but out of those four teams, if you ranked them, Minnesota is probably fourth. Just because I they're, trust they're St. Louis. Pro- is, again, they're probably I trust fourth. St. Louis just being in the playoffs. That's my thinking on that. Also, I think St. Louis has a better blue line defensive system that I think would yes. just beat that, which obviously just happened. And, and this is perfect segue here uh, to defenseman Brock Faber. And of course the, uh, the first round picks of the um, pick that the wild guard are getting, they now have the 19th overall and the 24th overall uh, pick in this year's draft in Brock Faber, um, according to the athletic uh, in a story by Michael Russo, um, here is exactly what the uh, Minnesota Wild are getting in defenseman Brock Faber. So he automatically skyrockets to the best uh, defensive prospect that the Wild have now with this trade. So they already had a good amount of prospects on the uh, blue line before. This just adds to it even more. So that should excite uh, Wild fans already. Um, they already have Carson Lambus and Kale Addison, um, that uh, duo, and now, of course, trio, who are B-plus prospects. Um, uh, Russo uh, mentions uh, it's, of course, now a trio, and, quote, slots in a cut above their B-grade guys in the pool, which also includes Jack Pert, Rhino Wark, and Damon Hunt. Uh, the expectation is that he'll become a third-pairing guy at a minimum, and potentially the kind of player who can play alongside a more dynamic offensive defenseman inside the top four. Um, Favor does have a very nice smooth skating, um, both forwards and backwards as well, through his footwork, crossovers, and pivots. Plays a very strong two-way game. Uh, stick on the puck defender who plays a, a heady, again, heady efficient uh, two-way game. So uh, not a lot of flash to his game, but that's all right. Because again, I think this is like a legitimate prospect from what I've been reading up. And everyone kind of has like, to be Kel McCarr on the blue. Exactly, yeah. Everyone has to be Kel McCarr now. Uh, thank you, Ron Hextall. Um, so with that being said, though, uh, you know, it sounds like I, I highly doubt he's going to be on the level of Kel McCarr. But, you know, the way things look and sound, of course, you know, and ironically, um, he is uh, at the University of uh, Minnesota, and so he kind of called this like a, a you know, wild, almost dream come true because now he can just stay right there in, in uh, Minneapolis, which is wonderful. And I, I know a lot of um, and play for the North Stars. Exactly. Who doesn't want to play for the North Stars? Mike Madano, Joe Newendike, anyone? All right, let's go. Bring back the North Stars. <laughs> uh, but so and I think the fact that they got him for starters and then on top of that, a first round pick, I honestly. I think this, this is the first time where I like both sides of a trade. I I, I had no complaints on either side. Um, the Kevin only thing Gella, I can say yeah. is you if you can't find some kind of scorer as well, 
you at Minnesota may miss those 30 goals. You're not wrong. Or that point production, at least. With my point, though, now that they have a second first round pick, I expect them to go pretty heavily. Yeah, they're going to do something. Yeah, they're going to do something this offseason. It's either, yeah, no, I would not expect them to go away. And same thing with LA Kings now on that side. They are not done. It's been reported several times. They will not be done, and they expect to heavily keep doing uh, a lot. So be on the lookout for them. Uh, I really do think that they're going to make a splash somewhere. I don't know what. Again, I would imagine it's another forward. We'll wait and see. Um, but you know, we'll we'll see on what happens with LA. Yes, yes, we will. They actually are linked to Alex Debrinka. It, it sounds like according to uh, the fourth period uh, for David Pagnata, um, who uh, released uh, yesterday uh, his trade bait board. Uh, you know, compared to, of course, uh, Frank Saravalli's uh, trade bait board for DailyFaceoff.com. A uh, lot of great options out there. Um, Debrinka could be one of those potential fits in LA because they have probably the deepest prospect pool if not one of them so i think we could realistically see them uh becoming a team that would or go if after it becomes guy. too pricey for them you've mentioned it a couple of times maybe takey or tk takey take tk <laughs> yeah and, and again i think that's a realistic option i think la's been linked to Travis connecting several times before and i think they're still linked to them uh looking at uh, tk though I would say it's not too far-fetched of an idea to see him go to L.A. Um, he is, I think I had, uh, it was on the fourth, was on the fourth period I sent it to you? No. Nope. Oh, I thought, and maybe it's. Uh, it was Jamie. Oh, uh, you know what? It was on the fourth period. Yeah, it was. Um, it's on the. It was 15th um, uh, on the trade bit, but trade bait board for a daily face off. Um, yeah. The Flyers, according to Frank Saravalli's scoop, uh, he mentioned that the uh, Flyers engage in exploratory conversations with a few teams above, uh, sorry, about connecting ahead of the March trade deadline, certainly willing to examine the possibility of moving him. They never advanced beyond that. However, Fletcher has laid groundwork that if he is indeed ready to move connecting, he at least has an idea of what he might be able to get in return. Um, I will say though, because uh, on uh, at number twenty three on David Pagnotta's uh, fourth period um, trade board, he does have at listed number twenty three, Gabe Velarde, who's a right wing and can play a little bit center. Teams reportedly linked. Philadelphia is one of them, so I wouldn't be too shocked if it's for his gave, right. It's also just for his rights too. This is it's that. That's a up. very good point. Yeah, and, and I think that's. I also again, don't. Not that you couldn't put TK in that. Mm-hmm. Uh, just look because I took a little look at his stats of what he's done, both NHL, AHL, kind of wise. I don't just because he's a higher end prospect, he might sure. add a little bit more in terms of value and what the Kings might want out of him. And I think that's completely fair. I wouldn't offer too too much for him. I'm being completely honest. I wouldn't you. either. But he's also only 22, so right. I, there are a lot of prospects from the United States Training Development uh, National Program there. 
and uh, uh, it's like the Alex Newhooks, the Gabe Velardis, the Trevor Zegerses, you know, like those guys that like that was a special group of uh, of like the young American players that are up and coming stu- uh, stud players that will be stars, and Velarde is going to be one of them. Um, the it's his point production wise, it's still. It's still getting there. I, I I'm not gonna lie. It's still getting there. Um, I think he w- would certainly become part of a package. He he certainly has solid value. Uh, the other link teams is the Chicago Blackhawks and the Arizona Coyotes. I think that if um, oh, so Lord, I do- yeah, I think no matter where he'd go, he's gonna be in their system. I don't I don't yeah. know if he'd be. Like if we're talking flyers wise, if he were to right. end up here, I think he'd be on the Phantoms. He probably would be the start. To start. The only person I would say he probably has a little bit more of an advantage of because this guy, unfortunately, another guy who cannot stay healthy is Wade Allison. He's a guy who would probably overtake his spot. Or again, he can play center. The Flyers do have a need for center. He could probably slide in there in the bottom six. Uh, yeah. So you, you just never know. Now, for me personally. I don't know how much I'd be willing to give up for Vardy after TK. It was, you know, TK for Vardy, sure. You probably, I'm not going to lie, you might have to add pick, maybe even two. I, I don't want to go too crazy, but you might have to add a pick or two if you're Philadelphia, actually, to get Vardy. Um, maybe a third, probably two-fourths kind of thing. So we'll, we'll see. Um, I know absolute worst-case scenario, probably even a second. But again, that's that price that you don't want to go paying up too much. Rob Blick is a very smart general manager. He knows what he's doing. He was on the 2001 Colorado Avalanche Championship team. He knows what it's like to win a cup. And again, he knows the steps it takes to build a championship team. So with that being said, though, for Chuck Fletcher, what's he willing to give up for TK as part of that deal for a package like a deep Florida or even an Alex DeBrinkett kind of thing? We'll wait and see. Yeah. We'll see. Um, which actually may have us transition a bit um, just because it's getting to the all season time. And since we're about a week away, pretty much mm-hmm. from the draft. Yep. One week um, away from the draft. Yes, exactly. Seven days uh, to be exact, um, which is one a week. So I don't know why I said that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I already made a Worst of the worst moments on the Underachievers podcast last week. So, <laughs> YouTube page. But, um, yeah, I just something uh, I kind of put together a little bit ago. Um, and since I think in the next week, you're probably going to see more trades kind of come out. Obviously, the day before is typically a very busy day in terms of got uh, moves and everything, in terms of uh, getting a uh, draft picks and uh, mm. everything going on there. Um, so I wouldn't be surprised if more moves come. Like, I think this is just the first of many, obviously, that'll be coming, uh, which makes me think of why not coming out now, uh, just in terms of talking flyers and everything. Uh, looking at some trade targets that the flyers could potentially go yeah. after. Um, and obviously, and I'm, I'm going to exclude them this week because I talk about them every week and I don't really need to talk about them again because I talk about them every time. Um, <laughs> I think at this point, if you're a constant subscriber, you know, or a constant listener of this podcast, you know who I'm talking about. 
Uh, he centers the Vancouver Canucks. Uh, he is young. Uh, may, may, maybe should have drafted him in, instead of Noah Patrick. Um, give up. It's uh, Elias Pettersson. Uh, who yep. is apparently uh, report uh, reports coming out that he is uh, fully healthy or he feels hundred percent. So that is good to know for that's good for the, obviously the Canucks. And if hopefully my bold prediction comes true, hopefully he is in the ocean black. Um, but another one I came up with, cause obviously when I was kind of looking at this, we were kind of looking at, cause obviously one of the biggest needs that the Flyers really have right now is center. Uh, right now, third line center is probably the biggest thing, but just center in general. Uh, prospect just right. in, in the system, just pretty much centers all the way. Um, yeah, it probably wouldn't hurt. Um, but one person, because I saw him come up on um, a, not in this most recent. Uh, Daily faceoff, uh, Frank Saravalli, uh, Terry Bait board, but he's come up in past ones. I think he even may be in the uh, um, uh, fourth period one. Mm-hmm. Uh, there is a slight potential issue if it goes, uh, but Mark Shifley, because it sounds like yeah. he and Blake Wheeler may also be on uh, the board. Uh, trade bait board for the Winnipeg Jets. Um, and I take either of them, if I'm being completely honest. Um, Blake Wheeler is 34 and he has a cap hit of a plus mil um, mm-hmm. for two more years. And looking at this uh, on the fourth periods uh, board, it sounds like they'd want a good amount. Um, uh, yeah, they say he comes with a hefty price tag and a large cap hit. So there's a good chance uh, the asking price may be pretty uh, high. So yeah, it's going to be also look for like future uh, assets and everything. So at least for um, Wheeler, that is. Uh, but for Shifley, who's only 29 and pretty much in his prime, I do it just because. I think he'd be a good center for the Flyers to have. My only issue would, would be, be a good option, but an expensive option. That, but he would essentially become your second line center, which means do you want hey, Kevin Hayes to be your third line center? Or at that point, you may, even though he's got a big contract, I don't know if you'd be able to move him. Do you move Kevin Hayes because you just traded for a second line center? Or would he be okay being third line center? I would say honestly, because it could be it could be a I good think, three down the middle. Hayes and, and Shifley, I'll tell you why Terrier, I think he would be okay but, with that because to me, with the right head coach, um, I think there there could be certainly times where, depending on, on the coach and of course his team and how he has his lines. I, I, I mentioned this before, so. You'll probably start to piece together where I'm starting to go with this. There have been teams where, and, and, you know, like everyone's viewed the traditional lines of a first line, a second line, a third line, and a fourth line. Teams absolutely have a first line and two second lines, and even their fourth 
line, that's realistically a third line. Where right. on any other team, their fourth line is exactly. really their when, third line. When the Flyers so were at their with, best, like let's say if they have Hayes on the third on the quote unquote third line, but they have their, with the wing, for of, example, say Lawton, yeah. then you have two so, centers. With, yeah. Exactly, and, and to me, where depending on who else that third winger or sorry second winger center by Hayes with Lawton. That realistically could be a second line on some NHL team. So again, it depends. So the way I would see is they would have a first line, or even you could argue they if would Wade have two first healthy, lines. It could be Wade Housen. It could be um, shit. honestly Isaac Ratcliffe. He showed glimpses uh, of. He did. I don't know something. They, it depends um, on how he shows up in camp. But yeah, he obviously it, has it, a, a chance. Um, um, Bobby Brink. Uh, you ha- Bobby Brink. Uh, <clears throat> uh, maybe Morgan uh, Frost. Uh, yeah, Owen Tippett, that's who I was thinking of at yeah. first. And also, don't forget... Um, and I, if Owen Tippett's on that line, I think you have season, more of a... You could have Tyson Forrester show up. You could have a Zade Wisdom show up. You just sure. don't know. Sure. Um, and that's just kind of a... Just because I saw his name come up, and I think even Charlie tweeted out that he would he thinks that would actually be a, great, a good move for the Flyers, too. It was a while ago when he tweeted it, and it'd be, take me a year to try to find it. <laughs> um, so I just, just take my word for it. I know he said something along the lines when he's, he quote tweeted something and about a shifley potentially being, it would be a good fit for the flyers essentially kind of thing. Um, another one. And Jeff and I have talked about this guy off podcast. Um, and he, I think could be a great third slash fourth line center, Sean Monahan. Uh, the only issue there. Is obviously right now at the end of the season, at least for the Flames, is that he got hurt. So the only issue there is how his health is. Um, but right now he's got one year left this upcoming year, which at six point three um, seven five mil. Um, and one reason why I'd do it is one, he topped your bottom depth, at least third, fourth line center. I feel like you at that point you wouldn't really have to worry about third line center a little bit. Yeah. Um, especially if you have him and Lawton kind of splitting off there. I think that'd be I think fine. those two together would honestly create a sneaky good bottom six line. And here's it's, the other it's thing. It's like when he was with Ruffle, I think it could be a similar yeah. thing as that. Um obviously house would be one big thing that would be my issue. And but another positive to that is he does wear the A in uh, Calgary, so it does come with some leadership with them. And I think Absolutely. if we learned anything from this past Flyers team, I don't think it would hurt to have a good amount of guys, uh, guys with good presence who can mm. kind of lead or in the locker room. Um, and I think yeah. Scott Lawn's another one who's kind of a quiet one that we may not think of all the time. But in the locker room, he's a good guy and everything. I think, and I think, I think he's if a they're lot. together and they get good, good chemistry going, I think that could be a very dynamic yeah. third line. I certainly think he's a lot more vocal than most people may realize. Also, real quick thing about Monahan before I actually got a small amount of breaking news. Um, for uh, Monahan, um, it's been rumored for quite a bit that the Calgary Flames will probably buy him out. Again, that's obviously to help secure Johnny hockey and make him stay in Calgary, uh, a buyout would help the Flyers greatly because no one's going to want him for 6.3 mil. No offense to him. 
He's not worth 6.3 no. mil now. That is once awesome. he once was, obviously. Now, I would say 2.5, worst case scenario, 3 mil. And even that's pushing it a little bit. Yeah. So if he it is might be off, that helps him if you can get him for exactly wise. So there's that. Uh, real quick here, the Detroit Red Wings uh, GM, Steve Eisman, just announced 15 minutes ago that uh, Derek Lalonde the, has been named the 28th head coach in franchise history. Uh, he was a Tampa Bay Lightning assistant coach. Uh, for several years. So again, Stevie Y going after more of his former guys. He understands on who he's getting in Lalande. Clearly he trusts him enough. He, uh, he's now the next head coach of the Detroit Red Wings. All right. Moving on to my number four. Um, thanks for that, Jeffrey. Um, And also, I have to say, some of these was also before the Flyers uh, hired uh, uh, these lists that I made for free agency right. wise and trade wise uh, was before the Flyers got Tortorella. Um, but not that this guy really has any effect on that either way. Um, but I actually think he could be another decent depth, bottom six, fourth line kind of center, maybe. Uh, but even though he's still trying to make his mark in the league, but I think he can make a pretty solid fourth liner. Um, Luke Coonan out of Nashville. I think he could be a pretty solid option for a fourth line. You know what? That's who piece. I was mixing up Fiala with. Was Luke Coonan. Because I forgot they the mm-hmm. Preds and the Wild have a history of trading because they first traded Fiala to Minnesota mm-hmm. and then they traded Luke Coonan to Minnesota. That's why I was thinking he just got there. But you know, Luke Coonan great young player and again he, some of these he's guys another young have, guy that i think we would absolutely love to have in philly the guys that have mentioned also and a lot of these guys have been rumored to be on the mark on the block either this past or in the last couple of weeks months at the deadline even going back to like last offseason stuff like that um and some that are just kind of you know my hopes and dreams what can I hope right um this one may be a bit of a stretch, um, but I think it could be fun. Let's see what you can try to get from him. Um, just because he's got one year left at 4.4 mil, I think he can be a pretty solid middle sixer. It gave you some points. Um, what would you think about uh, Alex Kalorn in Orange and Black? He is the kind of player you would envision for, or to, to be an embodied orange and back that the Flyers emblem. He is a guy that John Tortorella would love to have. The problem, though, I don't think he wants to leave Tampa ever. I'd imagine he wants to retire there. I would agree. Um, yeah. Again, this, you never that, know. Yeah. You I, never I don't know. know what kind of. GM Julian Brisbois is like to say, hey, like you've been reliable. Again, he's he's not a Stevie Y. He's not, you're my guy. I'm keeping you as long as I can. It's and I could be completely wrong, bro. Uh Brisboy, uh or Brisbois. Um some, I, I, I some of that also it, may it's, just be not against him or not any ill will or saying mm-hmm. or not um anything like that or uh, crapping on the streams, retiring in Tampa. Mm-hmm. Some of it's also just cap reasons. If you get rid of four mil, and, that's and, and four mil, wrong. you get back on your cap. Kind of like why Ryan McDonough may be on the market. 
um, and some other moves. Like they would love to keep Palat and. I think um, they will do whatever they can to keep Andre Palat. Don't forget, they still need to. Okay, I'm glad that's not until next year. So they need to resign Nicholas Paul, which I think they will put for cheap. Riley Nash, hit or miss. And then, of course, Palat. Palat's only 31. Uh, he had like a 5.4 mil contract, I think, or uh, AAV. So he's going to, you know, he's going to sign, uh, I would imagine. Yeah. Uh, I forgot the uh, Bolts. Uh, they have Brent Seabrook because on long time IR, 6.8 mil. And that still has another two years, it looks like. Um, so, again, if they get rid of McDonough, who makes 6.75 mil until 2025, 2026, um, it's not 26, 27. Um, if they clear that up, then they're using that money to absolutely resign um, Polat for sure. And then actually, sorry, they, yeah, keep keep going, keep going. I just remember something I wanted to. You're good. And then um, for so next year, I think is the year they're going to have to really make some moves. Um, they'll probably get rid of McDonough to to basically take McDonough's exact contract and give that to plot the 6.75 mil. I don't know if it'll be as high, but I would imagine. You also have Sorelli. Yeah. I was going to say you have Anthony Sorelli next year. He's already making 4.8 mil. And then on top of that, Kalorn 4.4 mil. You have some oh, other. Sergachev. Oh yeah. And Mikhail Sergachev, who already makes 4.8 mil and Eric Turner, 2.95 mil. Uh, so Cal foot who. Oh, it didn't cost really? you 1.5 mil, yeah. but it's going to add up. So the next two years are extremely important for Brisbane. Um, I think McDonough, unfortunately, is going to be gone from Tampa Bay. Again, it's a good news, bad news situation for them. Good news, you clear the cap. Bad news, you lose a really solid defenseman, Ryan McDonough. He's been there, an integral part of your team, helped you win yeah. the two cups. Sure, he hasn't played his best this year, but he's 33. I he think had what sounds like a very bad injury, too. And going into the playoffs and everything. Yeah. Rivers dealing with a good amount. Yeah. Um, but either way, Tampa is going to be in a major crunch the next, you know, this offseason and next offseason combined because they Which got a. They were already in cool. to begin yeah. with, anyways. Exactly. Like just so they got rid of Yanni Gord in the off, obviously because of. Seattle drafting them, but you lost Yanni Gord, you lost Tyler Johnson. And that was five mil off the books. Yeah. Now they got Brent Seabrook back because of long That was just IR. to be able to sign Braden Point last offseason. Yeah. He's locked up for quite a while. Which always brings me back to this. And I doubt they'd make a change, but um, if I, f- I feel like if Stamkos had another injury prince, he's but Stamkos had a phenomenal season this year. He's got two years left at eight point five yep. mil. Yep. You, you I kind of wonder what they do with him if they, I, if they hope they can come down from his contract a bit, or I think at that point in his career, he clearly is a right Bay now. Lightning for life. Yeah, I think does. at that point he's going to take a very team friendly deal, and because yeah. I think he's going to really help. Because again. Think back when he signed that deal. It was an eight-year deal. It was an anniversary yesterday on on what 2016 when that went down mm-hmm. of Steven Stamkos staying in Tampa Bay. You had one for one Taylor Hall and to uh, to Edmonds. Sorry, sorry, to New Jersey for Adam Morrison, yeah. which still cracks me up. You also had Nashville oh, trading 
Shea Weber to Montreal for PK Subban, all within 23 minutes. That was uh, six yeah. years ago yesterday. Hopefully, um, so with I that doubt we're going to have that grid of trades, but just something to keep in mind. Next week for our next Hockey Pockets, we're going to try to get on at least a day before the draft to hopefully kind of break down any big trades or anything that kind of happens. Yes. I doubt it's going to be that big um, or anything like that, but you never know. You, you, it's Who knows anymore? Um, yeah. I will um, say, Stevie Samkis, though, if he, he's going to resign, obviously, with Tampa Bay, I think you could see him making $5 million at most, maybe six, because, yeah, he, again, he's going to really cut that down. If he's a captain like I believe he is, and I truly will think this and, and do think this, I think he's going to help uh, make Brisbane's life easier. Say, hey, look, I've won two cups here, almost won a third, probably even almost won four cups in general, general thing in 2015 when they lost to Chicago Blackhawks in six. Um, with that being said, though, I want to win as many cups as I can. Let's do a, you know, a short, you know, like, like a three, four year deal, maybe even five. Yeah. And they mentioned but a couple of weeks ago, down too. To let's cut it down by two or three mil just to help out the team where we can. I can see that happening. You could even say it's um, in goodwill, too, because, again, no fault to him at all, but he's had some injury issues in the past. And at any point in that time, the Lightning could have said, do we really want to pay this guy this much right. if he can't even play a full season? Right. And they kept him. They obviously because he's he such a great talent. Be and backed, backed up his up. play. And, I, and that's why I love and will always respect the Lightning's organization, and especially Stephen Samkos. It's no secret. He's probably my favorite non-flyer. Um, and I'm honestly just genuinely happy he's at least won a Stanley Cup in general. Um, the fact that he's two, and he's still, again, look what he did this year in, in general, and just it was awesome to see. Yeah. Um, um, but one yeah. other thing, too, because one thing that I kind of kept in mind when I was made this list for some of these moves was backup options for if there's another injury to if injuries keep Ryan Ellis out or if Couturier has another injury prone season. If there's somebody if you have somebody good enough um, that could just fill in and you don't have that big of a loss. And that's and going back all the way back to Mark Shifley, why I think or even Elias Pedersen, why I think those two even though it cost you a good amount, I think it'd be worth it at that point because more so for Patterson, just because he's young, so you can show uh, a kind of rebuild or he's good enough where you can still try to go for it. Um, and if you're without Couturier for a little bit, he can step up because he's first-line center. And Shifley has also been a first-line center before, so. You want to fall off too. Yes, that's true. Um, and other sorry. guys, again, this is why I mentioned that I made this list a little before um, the Flyers hired Trevor Lella. Uh, and this is actually a split one now because uh, this other mm. guy just came on the list, uh, the daily faceoff list today. Um, but one is Pierre Luc Dubois and the slash is Dylan Larkin. Both young centers, both guys. Yeah, Jeff just gave the thumbs up. <laughs> Um, both guys are on, I believe, or uh, let's, let's start with just time. on the face-off daily face-off one. I know they're um, both on uh, fourth period. Uh, fourth period, yeah. Um, yeah, let's start with Pierre Luke Dubois first. Yes, um, he is apparently linked to the New York Rangers and the Montreal Canadiens. 
And my hope to Philadelphia Flyers. What? I would do that? anything to get Pierre-Luc Dubois on the Philadelphia Flyers. Now, he's played before with uh, John Torella in the past. Obviously, the infamous last shift of his Columbus Blue Jackets career was not a great one. It was not. That was probably the sole purpose or one of the sole purposes on why he was traded. Yes. I don't know how he feels about playing for Tortorella. I don't know if he really would like to come back to play for Tortorella. Um, you never know. Um, but with that being said, though, what would you be willing to give up for Dubois? Especially if you know he's willing to say, hey. Damn, you know, I put up 28 goals this year. That's very quiet. I know. And in Winnipeg, who didn't have the greatest year, I, from what I remember. Um, they did not, no. Yeah, exactly. So if you're able to help convince the ones what would you be willing to do to come to Philly and, and play for Tortorella? You know, I know you now. And if you believe Tortorella he's actually has changed before, his coaching style or his right. If, if you believe that, that or not, I, I don't know. Maybe he has, maybe he has. You won't know. You won't. He, you can, he can say whatever he wants right now. It's exactly. once it, it's actually game time and, and that yeah. situation where he's then pulled up in the past. Yeah. That, that's when yeah. we'll know more. I will say this or I mean, it, it is a while from now, but um, the Jets are quietly exploring their options because he did inform the team, and I almost forgot about this, he plans on testing the free agency waters in 2024 when he becomes a UFA. Yeah. So do you just try to get him now and convince him, hey, let's try to see how it is, or just wait two more years and get him free agency? Yeah, you can. The only good thing there is that you don't actually have to, because Pierre the ball doesn't have dumb moves. Right when I think you'd have no move at this point, that's true. So he doesn't really have a say in where he can go. He can not. I'm sorry, Pierre looked the ball, but you had to bring him in. Uh, it could be a Ben Simmons situation though, where maybe he wouldn't want to play or play because of the coach or something like that. Yeah, um, which is obviously not fault to him if there's yeah. issues I, I, I or guess. anything. I I don't I don't blame you there. Um, it, it, I still think it would. I still think it would be a, a solid, solid choice because and probably he is Pierre Luc Dubois is still twenty four. He's yeah. just before that age where I consider you're in your prime in the career. I think you're at the very early end of your the prime of your career there at twenty four. Um, I think he could, again, I think he could go either way in terms of rebuilding or going for it. He is played big in the playoffs. He's taken out the lightning before the avalanche just did. Mm-hmm. Um, he's played first line. He can do it. He can be a solid second line if you need him to be. Um, the only positive I could say, if you want to bring him into uh, Philadelphia, convince him maybe is maybe could say, now I don't know if this is really likely to happen, but maybe you could have better point production with the flyers. Cause if he's on the second line, say with, Faraby easily or, would be on the second line, or if he's with um Atkinson Hayes or Lawton or something like that, maybe not Lawton. Um, I, I or would say maybe, Atkinson, yeah, Atkinson, or maybe he could, if he's on the power play with Couturier or uh, something like that, maybe can find or just yeah, he could find some yeah. point yeah. production that way. You're not wrong. Um, next name on the list, you mentioned this one was a very interesting one to even see. Uh, yeah. I have this extremely hard time on the a team ever acquiring this guy unless they offer up a King's ransom. 
he's a year old. David he's a year older Pagnana. than. Uh, Pierre-Luc Dubois, yep. by the way. Uh, the fourth period. Red Wings are willing to listen to almost anyone on the roster, including Captain Dylan Larkin. Yes, you heard right, Dylan Larkin. They're not actively shopping him, let's be clear, according to Pagnata, but they have not hung up on calls either. He only has a year left on his deal. If they cannot come to terms on extension, and Larkin has a new represent- representation over at CAA, uh, those calls could become more frequent. So... Also- He's a UFA, not an RFA. Exactly. So, again, a similar situation like to, to Pierre Luc Dubois. Uh, do you wait it out and try to get uh, wish, you know, again? Fish, fish wish in he had season? a very good quiet season as well for a team he that did. wasn't great. He had 31 goals. He, he did. And points. that's a player the Flyers really need. And on top of that, it's a top line center, which, again, they need centers. Mm-hmm. And again, if again a backup plan, if Couturier, hopefully knock on wood, he stays healthy, um, first or second line, you could have again. I always bring them up because they're the team I always think of when I think of number one kind of mm-hmm. top two centers is the Penguins with Mulkin and Crosby. Now I don't think it would be a Mulkin Crosby esque kind of thing, but you can still have two guys who are typically you would think number one centers and still have success there if you can have good enough wingers to build around them or be around them. Which I think the Flyers have wingers that can help them in that, in that uh, sense. Um, yeah. Um, he does cost you six mil though if you go for yeah. So my only And it's going to cost you a lot. Oh, yeah. co- I talking, think it, co- it costs you more for Larkin than it would for Pierre Ball because you're actually you're trading for the person sort of just the rights. Here's my question though. Um, 1000%, I think it would need to be a TK and fifth overall esque pick, and probably exactly. then some. Again, for a player like Larkin, would you be okay with giving up the fifth overall pick? And Travis Konechny, and again, maybe even something else. It's a lot, but if yeah. you get a guaranteed extension from Larkin, that would have yeah. to. That would be my thing. Is I hope he'd. It would be like um, Felina or not uh, Fiala. Yeah, um, yeah. I, when, I would say if you get an absolute guarantee, one thousand percent. Yes, I will sign a contract extension. Seven eight year deal with the Philadelphia Flyers. I would say, hell yeah, let's do it. I'll trade yep. TK, I'll trade fifth overall, and for good measure, a second and maybe even another prospect. I have that much faith in Dylan Larkin. Yes, he's a Michigan grown player and everything. University of Michigan, born and raised there. Uh, Detroit Red Wing product and everything. Again, you just never know with it how has these to, things again, go down. In order for them to even. Uh, not hang up on you. It does have to end up being, hey, we'll package connect you with these things, or we'll yeah. package this fifth overall pick for these. And things. what's so you can nice, have, so if you know that, that you have a long term deal with Connect Me, and I'm not gonna lie, I seriously think Travis Connect Me is a player that fits with the kind of players that um, uh, Steve Eiserman likes to acquire. Look at Jacob Verana. In Washington, he's a rather very similar like player. Very good player, offensive ability. He's got some speed. 
I ran into some trouble into Washington towards the end of his tenure there, but for and the if right you price, me- if though, you mentioned the fifth too, the fifth overall pick, you have yeah. two top ten first round picks. Yes, you have the eighth, and you'd have the fifth. And CB Eisenman will do damage alone with the eighth overall pick. The fact that if you give him the fifth overall pick as well, he's going to fleece teams left and right. Look what he did with Mort Sider at six overall. So there you go. Um, all right. Real quick, Flyers talk. Ryan Ellis, we got to get to the source spot here. Uh, Bill yeah. Meltzer tweeted out at somebody because someone mentioned, does anyone know what is actually wrong with him? Of course, referring to Ellis because Chuck Fletcher met with the media the other day. Uh, Fletcher said Ellis has progressed since the end of the season and since last month but there are still steps to take before he gets on the ice and still very hard to predict where he'll be in a few months. Well, let's just start with that alone. How scary is it that Ryan Ellis' future of not only being a Philadelphia Flyer, but let alone in his hockey career in the NHL, how scary is that for just being in the unknown right now? Pretty scary. Yeah. Now I will say, going back to that trade of Ryan Ellis, for Nolan Patrick and Phil Myers, knowing what we know now today, I would still make that trade. Would you? I, I would. Phil Myers, he's been up and down in the Myers. Nolan Patrick, not his fault. He's gotten injured a couple more times. Uh, he still hasn't done a whole lot in Vegas, even with a guy who he's extremely familiar with in his former GM in uh, Brandon when he played in the, the WHL. Mm-hmm. Pierre LeBron on insider trading said Johnny Gaudreau remains undecided on the Flames offer and his camp has have not communicated to the Flames on what they intend to do LeBron goes to, on to say this does not bode well for the Calgary Flames there you go yeah but the whole Ellis thing, you just that's just the point where like is he even just gonna play again? Like that, I, that's the biggest who even knows? Yeah. Who and even knows? Again, that's why I'd say if we're going back trade wise, maybe look for a guy like Petrie or uh, or someone else too. I forgot who it was. Um, but someone like that where um or even McDonough, if you want to go that route too, uh, just as a, a guy where they're even though Petrie's 34 and he can still play first run, uh, first pair of minutes. And if Ellis is hopefully healthy or whatever and goes back to being first line, uh, deep pair, a third pair Petrie, I'd take any day. But if I would he's not love playing, Jeff Petrie, just depends on his contract at, at the moment and everything. Um, but and they, and, and the one thing I, or I think the fourth period yeah. said they they'd be willing to the Canadians would be willing to cut some of that salary or cut some of his um, um Petrie yeah. was on this list here he is number five he has been reportedly linked to not only Philadelphia but Dallas as well 34 years old it's capped at 6.25 mil I uh, he was still welcome a move from Montreal the Canadians are still trying to make it happen. They're simply not willing to give away him for a mid-tier pick, fourth, fifth round pick kind of thing. 
even if it means clearing his cap. Uh, Kent Hughes, the GM of the Canadians, will continue to take calls. A move could happen around the NHL draft. He has three years left, again, 6.25 mil AAV, and owns a 15-team no-trade list. Yeah, but you have to start thinking of backup plans just in case you really you do. don't have Ellis, because we've already seen in the past with Pervorov, he can't do it on his own. At least Petrie, if you get him, it's an upgrade over him being with Justin Brown all the time. Because Petrie could probably teach it Provorov a thing or two or help him out or something on, on those lines. Or even if you get Ryan McDonough, even though that may cost you a little bit more, um, um, at least he, I think, could be another good person he could learn off of or uh, learn things from. Even though he came off of a not great season and more than likely this upcoming season is going to be pretty injury prone just because of you know injuries he suffered during the uh, cup finals. Yeah. Um, but at least there, you know, he's in uh, both cases, which is why, why you went for Ellis in the first place, because you have a guy who still has a couple years left. That's why I would probably at this moment, maybe say McDonough over Petrie, just because at least there, you know, he's, he could potentially be here a little bit longer where Petrie, he may be here for two years and then say, bye. He's also 34. So his better years are gone. So you, he may just see the decline of his career as well in that time. Um, I, I was really hope I was really excited when the Flyers got out list too, which is a shame. It really is. I absolutely was ecstatic when they announced that I was, I was amazed. I thought, you know, yeah, I, I hated at the time, hated giving up. Uh, Phil Myers, I honestly thought he could have been a little something. The fact that they got a good amount of games from him um, as an undrafted free agent, that's good work on Ron Hexel's part. I understand not everyone loves Ron Hexel. I get that. Um, but, hey, for what you got out of Phil Myers, um, I want to bring up his stats here in a bit. Uh, combined in so he played at least as of right now 142 games in his career, only 27 with Nashville. He's played 115 games in Philadelphia, scoring six goals, 23 assists, um, 29 points in total. Uh, his best year was a plus 17 in 2019, 2020. Uh, he was a plus five in Nashville this year. The other two years, uh, minus five and minus 10 in Philly. So, again, I understood you had to give something up to get something. And, again, Ryan Ellis, I was okay with that. Uh, once I got that over with, I was like, all right, this is fine. Um, I do love the idea of um, going after a top four demon in Ryan Ellis. We were honestly, I think you we need, both we ex- needed it because we were no, both we like did. at that point. And not only that, I think we did expect Matthias Ekholm, which I would have been exact about the the very same. But the fact that we got Ryan Ellis, it was okay. Like either yeah. way, this is a top four demon. This is a legitimate trade. Chuck Fletcher is trying to, and again, you can't fault Fletcher for going out. He he did his job. He did. He did his it job in trying to help out the team. It just didn't work out. 
And this is where it kind of comes back. I've said it's multiple times and we'll continue to say multiple times until they actually do something. They need to not only reevaluate, but they need to actually hire completely different conditioning coaches. I don't know if Sal Rafa or Jimmy McCrossin are even still with the Flyers, especially with that lawsuit going on. I highly doubt it. You Lawson, never know. They could McCrossin, still be, you know, this battling cancer, unfortunately, right now. So. Well, and that too. So it's highly unlikely. So I will say though, with that all being said, if they're not behind the bench, you know, either of them, again, it's safe to assume that they're not hire a new medical staff Yeah, because I highly doubt even when they do get healthy. And obviously I'm praying that they do get healthy sooner rather than later. They're probably not going to want to come back. Look what they had to go through with mm-hmm. freaking Comcast. They're getting screwed over by the organization and by the, you know, basically the, again, Comcast and essentially the flyers right now, for not having their backs and for not doing enough to help support them. Um, so th- I don't think they would ever want to come back anyway. I wouldn't blame them. Not one bit. So with that being said, assuming that they're not going to come back, get whoever was their medical staff. It, again, assuming it was not McCross and end or Sal Rafa, get rid of those guys. They didn't do anything. The fact that you had the same player had three different injuries or re-injured himself three different times in Derek Broussard, twice in injuries in Ryan Ellis and a couple times in Kevin Hayes and Sean Gattorier. You need to get rid of everybody. It's ridiculous. You're at the NHL. You cannot afford to let that shit happen. Nope. It's unreal. And the fact that it's gone on for this long. You know, just serious when he curses. Uh, also, speaking of injuries, um, yeah. uh, Farabee had pretty much the same surgery that uh, yeah, I Michael just had. had. Yeah. And there was another NHLer. Um, oh, shit. Uh, there, there, there was another guy who had the same, the same surgery. It, yeah, but Farabee is just happened because a couple weeks ago, apparently, he felt a pinch and. Now we may be out with uh, Farabee for a while, so maybe we need a. That's what I'm saying. Not just a center, but we need some uh, goal scorers as well. So exactly. So that's where I'm saying. Again, Chuck's got to be aggressive again, and I think he will be once he gets rid of JBR. And I think him and Seattle and Ron Francis are talking. Um, Elliot Friedman said on uh, uh, I think it was. Uh, TSN radio. Uh, thank you. Uh, there is certainly an interest in James and Reeves. Like I will say that, uh, you know, and according to Jeff Merrick, he threw out Seattle's name out there. Again, there's an old link between the, uh, Dave Haxel and, uh, James and Reeves. Like Freeman agreed and thinks that they would, that it would make perfect sense. I think it's only a matter of time. And with that time, I think they're not really worried about a trade right now. I think you'll, at least like in the coming days, when you'll probably see it, maybe the NHL draft. You just never know. Yeah. They like to make a splash. Seattle's trying to get better. Again, they need a, a proven veteran like JVR. It's only one more year of his cap. Who cares? They can they afford have, that. They cap. have cap. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. That, that's what I'm saying. So in this case, I don't think they're going to have to retain much at all, if not almost no retention yeah. at all. 
I know we were joking about earlier. There's no way it would now if you really did want to acquire a guy like him, or like this guy coming up. Uh, you need to throw in something else. But until then, it's going to be picks or a prospect, yeah. even yeah, yeah, a yeah, six yeah. round pick kind of thing. You never know. But ideally, it would be great if they could get a guy, aka uh, Yanni Gord, Stanley Cup champion, Yanni yes. Gord. That is. But again. It won't happen most likely unless no. the players off offer. Now I'll put it this way: so Seattle, they have four second round picks this year and three next year. They want quantity over quality. Where, for example, LA and, and Minnesota, who cares? Uh, they can afford to. You know, they prefer, for example, quality over quantity instead of quantity over. Uh, quality in, in draft picks. Uh, hence why there's only a first round pick and uh, the defensive prospect earlier uh, favor. So for Seattle, looking at Gord, 5.16 mil, you wouldn't gain much cap space there, but it replaces, and again, he can play anywhere, center, left wing, right wing. It replaces a much younger version of JVR. Actually, not by much. Uh, he's actually 30. For whatever reason, I thought he was way younger than that. Never mind. Uh, and Okay, so but still by three whole years. But still, a much better player is what I should say. Nothing against uh, Van Riemsdyk, but um, Johnny Gord is clearly the better player. Yes, there's no doubting that. Yeah. Um, yeah, I got nothing else. So I think that maybe we're renting it today. Uh, like I previewed yeah. a, little, a little bit ago, uh, check out next week. We're going to be trying to do a little bit of a draft preview. Uh, maybe hopefully break down some trades that have happened in between now and that podcast. Uh, and maybe even give a little prediction of who they think the Flyers uh, tra- uh, draft or maybe even trade the pick away. We, never, we don't know. Uh, until then, uh, we'll see you then.